Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Accountability, why it's really important that we're going to be talking Swalwell, we're going to be talking Biden, yes, both of them, and $1.4 trillion spending bills. So, yeah. It's going to be a show coming up right now on I'm Right. Accountability. 
Isn't it everything? When you're going for quality of life, quality in anything, don't people have to be held accountable for it? But right here on the first. As you can probably tell by this point in time, I'm allowed to say whatever I want on the show. Management, by the grace of God, has never once told me, don't say this, stop saying that. Ooh, I can't believe you said that. I say whatever I want on the show. And that's why I love working for the first so much. However, if I start showing up to work drunk every night, I would get fired. Because there's accountability here. If the people who work for me just stop showing up at all. They would get fired. There's accountability here. People are required to do certain things around me in my life. My children have accountability. Show me the grades. Give me the good grades. Oh, you want, do you want to play video games? You want, you want to do this? You want to do the fun things you like to do? Show me grades first. There's accountability. And if, they're, if the grades drop, the fun stops because we have accountability in my house. Accountability is everything. It's everywhere around you. Everything that's good has it. And what amazes me is the system. As we've talked about a thousand times, and we'll talk about a thousand more, remember the system is, well, they're in control of everything now. The system is the entire media, the entire bureaucracy, the entire Democratic Party, 75 to 50 percent of the Republican Party, Hollywood, music, the entire education system, now corporate America. They all always speak with one voice and they all always want one thing. And we're not just talking about leftism. That's certainly part of it. It's really about control and leftism. What amazes me, I, was t- I, was, I took a step back today and I looked at everything we've seen. There's never accountability for anything. Ever. There's never accountability for the people within the system for anything. Ever. They never get held to account. In fact, if you screw up, but you're part of the system, if you're in the system club, oftentimes you'll get promoted. Tell me something. Tell me a time you've seen one of these television doctors you've seen all over the TV for six months, eight months. I've lost track at this point in time. They're on TV every day making predictions, right? Well, It'll be 100,000 dead by this day. Oh, man, 200,000 dead by this day. We have to do this. We have to do that. You better lock down or you better... And we've had all these predictions. Prediction after prediction after prediction. Be wrong. Be factually wrong. They give dates. They give amounts. They're never close to right. When's the last time you saw anybody call one of these doctors onto their television show and ask them, uh, kind of missed the mark here, doc. What happened? Never. You haven't seen it once. You saw it during the Obama, DOJ, FBI, CIA disaster, everything they did to Donald Trump, investigating, using the power of government to wiretap your political opponent? You took bad information on purpose and went to the FISA court with it and got a FISA warrant to spy on an American citizen, your political opponent, using the FBI and the CIA. They did that. It's not some out of some movie. They did that. And not only has nobody been held accountable for it, they're on TV. They're signing CNN contracts. They're out there on book tours. They're not hiding. They're not lawyered up and hiding under a bed because they know the accountability train is about to come running. They're getting promoted. They're getting rich. It is astounding to watch. It really does pay. I understand why people choose 
to join the system instead of fighting against the system. If you fight against the system, you have no protections anymore, none. You are simply left out to dry and the system will try to eat you alive. If you're part of it though, if you choose to just relent and well, I mean, let's just go along with it. You're untouchable. You're absolutely untouchable. I want you to, I want you to understand this Eric Swalwell story. Understand it well. You remember Swalwell's that idiot who ran for president for about 10 minutes. And uh, full disclosure about Swalwell, most politicians are dorks. It just it naturally attracts dorks, the profession itself. But this guy was such a goober during the presidential primary, even heartless me, I found myself feeling kind of bad for the guy. He's just kind of a big dork. But you have a Democrat congressman former presidential candidate, now sitting on the House Intelligence Committee. I want to explain something to you, and I'm going to be as vague about this as humanly possible. Because I used to run for Congress, I ran for Congress twice and lost twice. And because of what I do now, I have several friends in Congress, in the House and in Senate. And so I've had to walk the halls of Congress several times. And when you walk the halls of Congress, if you've never gotten to do it, you'll see offices. It's just standard office buildings, and they have the placard on the wall. This is representative so-and-so of Montana. This is representative so-and-so of Texas. It's all the way. And they also have the committee rooms marked. Oh, this is the Ways and Means Committee, and it's always a big set of double doors, and you walk in, and it's conference rooms, or, or maybe even a place where they can hold hearings. It's a big deal, the committee rooms. The House Intelligence Committee... It's not big double doors, and it's not come on in and check it out. It's high-level, CIA-level security. You're talking high levels of security. We talk about national secrets on the House Intelligence Committee. It's a big, big deal. Eric Swalwell sits on the House Intelligence Committee and just got busted, still under an FBI investigation, just got busted <clears throat> getting to know a female Chinese spy, Fang Fang. And apparently this lady has her tentacles in so many Democrat, Democrat politicians from California. He hasn't resigned from Congress. He hasn't even been kicked off the committee. Think about that for a moment. The most powerful nation in the world has one of its politicians busted with a spy from the enemy who knows what kind of pillow talk was going on there. Who knows? Not only has he not been kicked out the committee, he hasn't resigned from Congress, nothing has happened to him. For all we know, he's still talking to her about the things he's going through, the things he's hearing, the things he's seeing in the House Intelligence Committee. There is no accountability ever for anybody. These people are unbelievable. Kevin McCarthy had this to say, quote, I have asked the FBI for a briefing on Representative Swalwell's ties to a reported spy from China. Twice it has been scheduled. Twice it has been canceled by the FBI. Swalwell is a national security liability. This is too important for the FBI to continue to stonewall. Wrap your mind around that. When I say the system, 
the system always works together, too. It's not as if just the Democrat Party protects the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party protects the media who protects the Democrat Party, who protects the federal bureaucracy, like the Federal Bureau of Investigation stonewalling, stonewalling high-ranking members of Congress so they can't find out the information the FBI has on, FBI, on, on Eric Swalwell. That's how insidious it is. Not, there's no accountability. They lock shields. Rand Paul had this to say. And final thought on Eric Swalwell, now a growing call from many Republicans who believe he should be removed from the House Intelligence Committee till they get more answers on his involvement with that suspected Chinese spy and whether or not he's compromised. Yeah, I think to be careful and to cautious, he should actually resign from the Intelligence Committee. If he's not willing to do that, he should be removed from the Intelligence Committee. But I also think that uh, what hypocrisy. This is the guy that was hurling stones and accusations, all kinds of false accusations at President Trump. Oh, he's controlled by spies and this and that. He was the most over-the-top critic of President Trump on Russia collusion, and it turns out he's sleeping with a Chinese spy. I mean, my goodness, the hypocrisy, it's appalling, and he really should be red-faced and ashamed of himself and really probably ought to just resign from Congress. He should resign from Congress. At the very least, resign from the committee and be held in a little box somewhere until the criminal investigation's over. But none of that's happened. And the FBI is stonewalling us. <laughs> and it's not like, look, I'm not even just picking on that dork Eric Swalwell. Let's go back to Hunter Biden. I mean, I'm going to show you a little video here in just a second of Ron Johnson, but still, wrap your mind around that. I know you know all about Hunter Biden because you watch this show. You're somebody con who consumes news in that way. But wrap your mind around the president-elect. Right now, no matter whether you like it or not, I, trust me, I don't, Joe Biden is officially the president-elect. He's been certified as the president-elect. Um, his son has so many ugly ties to the Communist Party of China so many inexplicable business deals. Now we have possible tax evasion. We have a witness who worked with, his, with, with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden saying not only is Hunter Biden involved in all this stuff, but Joe Biden's getting paid from all this stuff. He produced the emails, authenticated emails. He produced them all, and the entire American media chose to ignore the story to protect Joe Biden until after the election. And even now, after the election, they won't hardly talk about it. Talk about, talk about locking shields. They all always protect each other. The entire system does. It's Here's Ron Johnson. After our Hunter Biden investigation and the revelations of the Hunter Biden computer said, oh, this is, you know, this is Russian disinformation. Now we find out, no, it's a real investigation by the Justice Department. So it's, it's just galling, and I just have to point out that the purveyors of Russian disinformation, Hillary Clinton's campaign, the DNC, the Steele dossier, the ranking member Peters accusing Senator Grassley and I of disseminating uh, Russian disinformation, that's where the disinformation is coming. That's where the false information, the, the lies, the false allegations. I can't sit by here and listen to this and say that this is, this is not disinformation, this hearing today. This is getting information we have to take a look at to restore confidence in our election integrity. After our Hunter Biden 
investigation and the revelations of the Hunter Biden computer said, oh, this is, you know, this is Russian disinformation. Now we find out, no, it's a real investigation by the Justice Department. So it's, it's just galling, and I just have to point out that the purveyors of Russian disinformation, Hillary Clinton... How can you deny it at this point? It's, it is something. And Joe Biden, this is the most we've gotten about Joe Biden. Either he ignores the questions or he says something like this, and the media just kind of is like, oh, okay. Are you confident? I'm confident. That's all you get. <laughs> Did Hunter Biden do anything wrong? I'm confident. What? And, and he's going to get away with all of it, too. Not to burst your bubble. I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble. I know we always hold out that the next thing will work. You know, the Durham investigation, the this, the that. And now they've got Hunter Biden dead to rights. How long do you think it's going to take Joe Biden's attorney general to pop that case? He's going to pop that balloon about five and a half seconds after he walks into office. The system always protects its own. No accountability. And that's why it's all rotting from the inside. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, do you like shopping, holidays? Do you buy things at the pharmacy? Maybe telehealth, things like that? You probably do, right? And you're probably like me. You're worried about where you're spending your dollars now. And you're worried about your dollars going to people who hate you. What if you could, for a small yearly membership fee, Make sure your money was sent to people who are going to fight for you for the things you believe. That exists out there. It's called Mammoth Nation. And on my life, I'm not making this up. For $19 a year, a year, you can become a member of Mammoth Nation. And when you do that, you get discounts at all those places and many more that I already listed for you. Plus, your money goes to candidates running for office who believe what you believe and believe what I believe. It is that great. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. Sign up today. We'll be back. We're going to have to yell about some stuff during the Joe Biden presidency. Well, maybe not yell. Uh, Your blood pressure doesn't need it. My blood pressure doesn't need it. Obviously, I can't promise you that I'm never going to get upset. I'm going to get upset at some point in time. We're going to have stuff we're going to be angry about during Biden's presidency. But I do think we have to have an uncomfortable conversation here about spending. Because Joe Biden's going to sign some massive spending bills. Bills like we've never seen before. House is going to pass them. The Senate's going to put up a little fight, assuming we have a slight control of it. And they'll, they'll shave a little off the top, but the Senate's going to pass them. And they're going to get to Joe Biden's desk, and Joe Biden's going to sign every single one of them. And we really can't say anything. Oh, well, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of us individually can. I was screaming about all the big spending bills Donald Trump signed for four years. But we really can't say much about Joe Biden because we just got done doing it for four years. We have these Republicans out there. I believe there are 14 of them, including my friend Chip Roy from Texas. 14 was all protested this new $1.4 
trillion dollar, $1.4 trillion uh, big spending bill that's going through. They're urging Donald Trump to veto it. He's not going to veto it. I'm telling you, he's not going to veto it. And he's never vetoed a spending bill. And I'm not even indicting Trump on this because to his credit, at least he never ran on being some Republican who was going to cut spending. But almost all of them do. And here's the thing about debt. I'm not going to go into this very long. I'm really not. But here's the thing about national debt. You can't make people care. Right now, you might not even care about this that much. Look, I've seen the numbers. I know you probably don't. The chances are you don't care about the national debt. It's so big. It's just a number. There's another trillion here, 100 billion there, 2 trillion here. It's It's just a number you can't. We do have history, though. We have a history in this world. We can look at it all the time. I look at it every single day. I do a history segment on my radio show every single day, the Jesse Kelly Show. And the history of the world says that tree doesn't grow to the sky. At some point in time, spending more money than you make, that ends. And when that ends, it ends painfully. A nation does not operate any differently than you operate in your home. If you make $50,000 a year and you find a way to spend $100,000 a year, you might be able to take a new loan here, a new credit card there, a new this, a new that, but at some point in time, when that ends, when the party ends, it ends ugly. It ends weeping. That's how it ends. Now, multiply that nationally. $20 trillion economy, over 300 million Americans. If we pop our economic bubble by the things we do, by the things we're doing now, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You better hope you're not around anymore when that debt bubble pops because it is going to hurt. And not just us, it's going to hurt the world. And we have Joe Biden out here now. He's talking about it being a down payment a down payment, $1.4 trillion down payment. We have destroyed this economy, destroyed the economy for spending bills. We can't pass spending bills to get our way out of lockdowns. We do get that. This is basic childhood stuff. You can't stop a $20 trillion economy and just go, let's just pass a couple bills. What we'll do is we'll print money we don't have and we'll just sprinkle that money into the economy. It's like fairy dust. We sprinkle it all in the economy and then the economy comes back. That's not how it works. That's not how life works at all. So that's it. I'm not going to dwell on it at all. Like I told you, I wasn't going to, but we don't have a leg to stand on when we scream at Joe Biden for the spending bills he's going to sign. And I'm telling you right now, One day this debt party ends and it's going to hurt. Now, hopefully that didn't give you anxiety. I know people struggle with anxiety, sleeplessness, joint pain, and there are a million solutions out there. You can reach for that pill bottle if you want to. I prefer natural solutions. Natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things are known to help alleviate some of those issues. That's why I choose CBD. But it's hard to know which CBD to choose from. Here's a great way to find out. How often do they test it? You know, doctors trusted CBD. They partnered with Be Best Best Organics, which is made in the USA, but also they test 
every batch. Every single batch is tested to make sure you're always getting the highest quality. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm through the holidays. We'll be back. Joining me now is Michelle Easton. She is the founder and president of the Claire Booth Loose Foundation for Conservative Women. Michelle, it's my understanding somebody got an award from you. Yes, this week we gave our annual Woman of the Year Award to Kaylee McEnany, the White House Press Secretary, Assistant to the President. Have you ever seen a smarter, more in-depth, feistier, but gracious White House Press Secretary? I have not. And she was the unanimous choice. I have not either, and she takes barbs for it all day long, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the woman is astoundingly qualified. She has a Juris Doctor. She has a degree from Georgetown. She studied at Oxford. She's written. She's done so much TV production. In fact, in 2016, she was the one, there were eight people and one conservative on CNN throughout the whole 2016 election campaign. That was good practice for being White House Plus Secretary, I think. She's amazing. I think it was She's as well. I think it was She's as well. Have you seen, where does she go from here? If, if this is the end of the Trump presidency, I don't want her to leave. I want her to run for office. <laughs> She'd be wonderful. She really would. You know, her husband is a professional ball player down in Tampa. She has a little girl. She's so smart and articulate. She's very gracious. She'd be wonderful. I suspect she may continue uh, working with uh, President Trump one way or the other <laughs> for a while. One can only hope. All right, Michelle. Women. There's a lot of talk in the country about how women vote overwhelmingly Democrat. And they do. The, the, the election after election shows it's 60-40, women vote Democrat. You seem to be out there trying to change that. Tell me why, as it stands right now, why do women vote Democrat more than they vote Republican in general? Well, first off, there's a lot of them who voted for Trump and who are conservative. But I think... They are a product of years of indoctrination in our education system. Most of them go on with life. They don't learn history. They don't learn about history and what has happened and what what is likely to happen in the future. They don't learn what socialism is. They don't even teach about communist countries anymore. Then they go out into their life. They're busy and mostly they just watch fake news, and they don't they don't read in depth on the issues on the policies. They don't. They're not connected with the conservative women leaders like the ones we promote here in our calendar, Great American Conservative Women, and we do this to college girls, but they, they're not stupid. They're uninformed because of their education, mostly in the government school system and the fake news, the media, the popular culture, movies. They're all, they all lean left. They all celebrate feminists like Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. While we here at the Claire Booth Luce Center for Conservative Women promote great conservative women like Kaylee McEnany, like Senator Blackburn, and we hold them up as role models and we reach as many young women in colleges and late high school as we can. You have to get to them before college turns them into lefties. You know, the Hillary story, she went to Wellesley as a Goldwater girl, supposedly, and came out a radical Solinsky leftist. College can ruin girls and boys, but our focus is girls. Tell people who Claire Booth Luce is, for those who don't know. 
She was an amazing woman. She was uh, my great-grandmother's era, probably your great-great-grandmother because you're younger. She uh, had an incredible career. She was a woman of great faith. Um, she uh, had a close family. She was essentially homeschooled um, because her father was a musician who traveled all around. And she really loved freedom. She loved conservative ideas. She loved life. And this was her... her this was back in the 1940s when there were almost no women at the podium. She was a congresswoman from Connecticut when there were about a dozen uh, in a Democrat district, Greenwich, Connecticut. She was the editor of Vanity Fair back when women were not editors of anything. She was the first woman ever named ambassador to a major country. President Eisenhower named her the U.S. ambassador to Italy. So when it came to name this group of arts, which was to promote conservative women and to relate to younger women today, we look back in history, there really was no contest. There was no woman in history like Claire Booth Luce, 100 years ahead of her time. Just amazing. And so we celebrate her. We share details about it because you can bet that the women's studies programs that celebrate women never celebrate Claire Booth Luce or almost any conservative women. It's all about feminism, liberalism, socialism. Claire, I saw a video yesterday. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It wasn't out of America. I believe it was out of Argentina. And there was a large crowd of women out there, and they announced the passage of a bill that would allow them all to have abortions. And whatever people think about pro-life, pro-choice, these women were cheering and crying from joy and hugging each other. And it's one of the most ghoulish things I've ever seen in my lifetime. Help me understand that part of the liberal leftist woman's mindset, because I don't understand that at all. I don't get that at all. It's very hard for me to understand, but the good news is that we are winning with young people on the issue. We are making progress with young people, with this generation. And I think it's a very visual generation. You know, they're all online. They're watching you. They're they're doing uh, Instagram and they're doing Facebook. And once you can see a sonogram of a baby and you see arms and legs and the mouth opening, that's not a clump of cells. And, you know, we've been hearing so much about COVID, you know, the science, the science. Well, the science, what does the science tell us about that baby? You know, these feminists say, oh, it's my body. I can do what I want with it. No, it's not your body. It's a separate human being, unlike any other human being in the history of the world with separate DNA. It's not your body. It's a baby that's being carried in your body. And uh, some people just seem incredibly thick about that. But I really think that here in the United States, we're making progress on that. Um, and certainly having this President Trump, the most pro-life president in the history of America. I think he's influenced a lot of people to think a little more deeply about it. But to answer your question, I can't explain it. In fact, I can tell you myself, uh, I had four children, and my first pregnancy, I was pro-life in a sort of intellectual way. I could tell you about it, but I don't know how you can have that baby in your tummy and carry it and not feel that's a human life because I felt it very early, I was very sick. But the whole notion that, oh, this is just some organ is just so alien to any thoughtful person. It's another little human being that you are carrying with God's help. Why was President Trump so good at it? And, and he was, he was so outstanding on the issue. And this is a person who was a New York Democrat most of his life and he stepped into I'm office and he was dynamite you know on this I issue. Think. I don't understand it. He's a convert. Did you ever meet a religious convert? He used to be pro-choice. 
the converts, you know, the ones who become Catholics, <laughs> they are the strongest of all. I believe that's what it is. He came, he didn't, he hadn't heard it. He hadn't understand. He didn't know about it. But once it was made clear to him that this unborn baby is a living, breathing human being, he was stronger than anybody. He's a convert. Claire, how are you planning, or, or, or sorry, Michelle, how are you planning on handling the Joe Biden presidency once he, assuming he's going to be sworn in, which it looks, that looks to be inevitable at this point in time, assuming, I know, Michelle, I know it sucks, assuming he does get sworn in, how are we going to handle this? Are we going to be, I mean, we don't want to become like the left, are we going to be more aggressive than we've ever been before, Michelle, or are we just going to be, you know, stoically going along with it? What is the right thing? What is the wrong way to conduct ourselves for the next four years? We're going to be aggressive, but as women, we're going to be gracious. We're going to speak out. We're going to be courageous. You know, Claire Booth Luce said, courage is the ladder on which all the other virtues uh, build. You have to be courageous. So we're going to speak out in any form that we can. And I think you're going to see more work on the local level. You know, Senator Marsha Blackburn is in our calendar here. She's she's our first one in January. She's, she says she's going to focus on, on getting women more active on the local level, you know, running for local office, running for school board. Um, by the way, your listeners can get this on our website, which is cblwomen.org. They can buy this calendar. It's free to students, um, and there's a small fee for uh, grown-ups. But I think we have to speak out. We have to use whatever form we have, and we have to get active on the local level. Certainly, we have to do things in our for our state legislators you know to help them understand what the constitution charges them with regarding electors if there's fraud in the state then you have to go in and change something if there's election fraud it's their job to pick the electors speak up be bold be brave be gracious but no we're not just going to lay back and roll over it's going to be dreadful it's going to be so dreadful i just my toes curl thinking about it <laughs> We'll be all right, Michelle. Michelle Easton, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you. God bless you. All right. Home title theft is not something that only happens to other people. I, I want you to understand that. And I want you to understand that because I'm somebody who opened up my phone, opened up my email one day, and had to look. I had to look and see my own home title had been stolen my signature on it that I didn't put on there, my wife's signature on it that I didn't put on there. And it took me a minute. I couldn't even, I couldn't even understand what I was looking at. This is something that is rampant right now in the United States of America. And if you don't catch it early, which you pretty much can never catch it early, you're toast. They'll evict you from your home. And Home Title Lock is the only way to stop it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address. You might already be a victim. That's a great way to find out. While you're there, sign up. Use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 days for free. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We'll be back. Joining us now, Jeff Charles from RedState.com, LibertyNation.com, and the co-host of the Red and Black Show. Jeff, I've been going off tonight about accountability and how it, re it really is amazing to me. Not that I should be surprised anymore, 
Swalwell sits on the House Intelligence Committee. And yeah, I have fun making jokes about him and that commie Chinese spy fang fang. But the truth is, the man is on the House Intelligence Committee. They discuss America's secrets in there. And he hasn't even stepped down from the committee. These people never get in trouble. Yeah, no, no, they, they don't ever. I mean, and, and even before this whole spy thing, I mean, a guy like Eric Swalwell, I, I, I'll never trust a lawmaker who looks like Dexter. So, so there's that. And then there's also the fact that he was involved with this whole spy thing. And, you know, they're, they're, you're right. There is there is no accountability. And honestly, I can't say that one party is better than the other when it comes to this stuff. Oh. I, I, if, the, if, the, if the shoe were on the other foot, I can't say that uh, nothing that the same thing wouldn't happen. But I mean, when it, but when it comes to issues like this, when it comes to you know somebody who sits on the House Intelligence Committee and he's been targeted by a Chinese spy, that that's already suspect. And honestly, I'm not surprised that they chose Swalwell. I mean, because if you're if you're a Chinese spy and you're looking to infiltrate somebody, who's the biggest buffoon in Congress right now? Eric Swalwell. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 amazing to me that Pelosi would even make the decision decision to keep him on there because it's not like they lose anything if they remove him. It's, it, they don't have to remove him from Congress, but even if he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he may have done things that are stupid, but he may not have done anything that was wrong. But still, it, it's it's still a bad look to keep him there. It is a bad look, and I, I do worry not not about Swalwell in particular, but I worry enough repeated things like this, Jeff, happen, and the American people start losing faith in the rule of law. And I I, I do think we're there. I don't think that's just me. I th- we saw what happened or didn't happen with Comey and Brennan and Clapper and all these guys, and it's just one story after another story after another story of everybody in the government club. They don't they don't know. Not only do they not get in trouble, they get promoted. They sell books. They get contracts with CNN, and all the other little guys get screwed over time and time again. Everyone else is held to account. Lord knows if you don't have enough money for a good lawyer, you're going to jail if you do any of these things. But everyone in the government club, they don't get held to account. And I think that's bad for a country. I think in the long run, it it crumbles a country. Yeah, no, I I think you're totally right. I mean, the more corruption we allow, the worse it's going to get. And that could very well lead to the end of the country. I mean, and, you know, I can blame people in government, but at the same time, as voters, as citizens, we have a responsibility to make sure that these people aren't getting in office. And what I'm going to say applies to a lot of different areas, not just when it comes to corruption, but the fact that we only are really engaged and involved in elections when it it involves a presidential election contributes to this problem. I mean, if you really have a problem with somebody who represents your, your state or represents your district, even if they're on your side, you should be out there in the primaries getting rid of them and getting people in office who are going to be at least less dishonest. How do we wake the people up, Jeff? I mean, we saw uh, how much corruption have we seen? How many how many DAs do we see right now across the country just do, pulling the most amazingly corrupt stuff in the world right in front of our eyes? How many more of these do we have to see before people listen to what you're saying and start? I bet you I bet you 99% of the people in this country don't know when their next district attorney race even is. When is the wake-up time? How long? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a while because, I mean, one of the things that keeps us from really coming together against corruption in our government at the local, state, and federal level is this, this hyper-partisanship that we have going on. I don't have a problem with partisanship in general, but when it becomes to the point where it's toxic, to where you can't hold a politician accountable unless they're on the opposite side, 
that gives them free rate, free reign to do whatever they want. So I think that the focus does have to be local and at the state level and at the federal level. But I think that we have to focus less on party when it comes to certain issues. When it comes to policy, okay, fine. I mean, we can argue that stuff out. But when it comes to to uh, when it comes to corruption, that's not that should never be a partisan issue. And unfortunately, it has become that. Jeff, speaking of accountability, speaking of both sides, I, I talked earlier in the show, a new $1.4 trillion omnibus spending bill. It's the, it's the swampiest, ugliest thing in the world. And these numbers are so big now. I don't even talk about the national debt much anymore, Jeff, because people don't really generally care about it. I do, but most people don't. But we had Trump. I mean, and I liked Trump. I thought Trump was an excellent president, but he signed a hundred of these crappy bills during his time, and they're going to sign another one too. And then we have no leg to stand on when Joe Biden gets up there and signs a two trillion dollar one in another six months because we just did the same thing. Is there this debt train is never ending until it goes right off a cliff? I'm convinced of it. Unfortunately, I, I agree with you. I mean, and. You know, this is one of those areas where you're right. We don't have the moral authority to, to talk about spending when we when we elect people who do the exact same thing. People always talk about how Democrats and Republicans are the same, and I don't agree with that fully. But when it comes to spending, they're not that different. And this goes back to what I was saying. I mean, if 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 you live in a Republican district or if you live in a red state, and you don't like that the fact that your representative keeps voting for higher spending bills, and you actually care about this. If everybody actually got together to primary those people and put some, put another, put an actual conservative in that spot that will cut down on spending, then it'll change. But I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know that we're there yet. I think 2022, I think more people will be involved in those midterm elections than we've seen in the past because we see it, we saw that happen in 2018. So maybe there is more awareness coming, but I still think we've got a ways to go. And I, and I don't know which is going to happen first. Are we going to wake up or are we going to collapse? Jeff, what are we supposed to make of the migration out of these leftist states? I mean, it's not hard to figure out why somebody would leave California, especially if you're a business. It's not difficult to figure out why you would flee that state. I'm in Texas. You're in Texas. I'm supposed to, I guess I'm supposed to be excited when I wake up and I find out Hewlett Packard's coming here, Oracle's coming here. I'm sorry, man, I'm not excited. I like jobs as much as the next man. I've been out of work. I, I think that's important, but... Why am I excited we're getting another 2,500 Californians in a state that might go blue? Yeah, that is scary. And as a, as a native Californian, I, I know where you're at. I mean, I, I moved here to Austin, Texas about nine years ago, and I've been hearing about it, I mean, from people who have, were born and raised in the state. And it is a valid concern. I, I know I think a lot of Californians have moved out because they didn't like the policies and they, they kind of woke them up a little bit. But I don't think that they outnumber the ones who don't really understand why their previous states sucked. So, I mean, we, we do have a battle, but then, but again, that kind of goes back to the conservative movement and the Republican Party. It's up, uh, it's up to us to, to educate people and show them, hey, this is actually why you left California. This is why it ended up the way it is right now. And, this, and we don't want Texas or whatever other red state we're talking about to go down the same path. It, it's a hard, it, it'll be a hard fight. But at the same time, that's the only hope that we have because this this migration is not going to stop anytime soon. Don't we have to have people educate themselves, though? I mean, I, I agree with you. It is up to us. And, I, and I'm glad you do your mm -hmm. shows and write what you write. And I'm glad I do mine. And it is important we put that out there. 
But we need people to take accountability for their own actions. I mean, think how much things would get better in our country if everyone did that. I'm leaving California because it's a dump. Who have I been voting for? Oh, for the people who ruined the state. Right. We need that or we have no chance anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And people do have to be accountable. And unfortunately, we can't we can't make people be accountable. And there's really no excuse because every single one of us carries around a computer in our pockets to be able to research and look <laughs> stuff up. But I honestly, I, I think people we're in a day and age where people aren't just going to take that step. Now, if, if now if we get their attention, then they might be more open to it. But we have we we can't count on people actually doing the research themselves, and that's why people like you and I exist. Yeah. Hunter Biden, does he go down? Does something actually happen to Hunter Biden? Because I don't want to be King Cynic anymore, Jeff. And I said in the open, oh, Joe Biden's attorney general is going to get in there and he's going to pop this trial balloon in about half a second. He's just going to dump all over this case. But I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Is there a chance? It's probably really bad. What it looks like he did is really bad. You know, I would like to be more positive to your Debbie Downer, but I can't. I mean, we, we know how this stuff <laughs> works. And we we were just talking about it. They all scratch each other's backs. They all protect each other. I mean, especially when, when with Biden in office, with the Democratic administration, there's no way that they're going to let anything happen to Hunter Biden. Not just because they want to protect him, but because they want to protect Joe Biden. If he goes down and he goes to jail, even if Biden was not involved in in Hunter's activities, which I doubt, I think he was, but even if he wasn't, it would still make him look bad. And this is already becoming an albatross around his neck. So yes, I know that the investigations are going on. I don't know if they'll stop the investigations or if they'll cover up whatever they find out. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I, I honestly, I don't think that anything's gonna happen to Hunter Biden. Slap on the wrist at the very least. Jeff Charles, thanks man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, we shall return. I have a video for you, and I don't ask much of you, do I? When do I ever come on here and ask something of you? Never. I'm asking you now, be patient, watch to the end, and enjoy. At about three inches here in North Portland right now, I caught up with Chelsea and Michael who were jogging by and were nice to just stop for a quick second. And I said, what are you doing running? And you're saying it was really good out? It's the perfect texture for running. Very low impact on its dry snow so your feet don't get wet. Oh, what have you seen while you've been out running? It's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of other runners and more skiers than runners for sure. I think they've got a little bit of the advantage with yeah. the whole stride and glide thing. But it's too nice to not be out here. Yeah, it's incredible though just to see even people still on their bicycles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it with the bikes, like That's... braking. At least we can control, you know, at worst case, we can just slide right through a stop sign and we'll be okay because we're pretty visible at night. Did this surprise you, the snow? Um, this much of it, I think. When we woke up this morning, we were definitely surprised by how much there was. We were sort of joking that it was a nice dusting, but the reality is, is this is a this is a real chunk of snow, giving Hood a run for its money. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we're both California kids, so we haven't had many snow days in our lives, so this is pretty exciting. All right, well, go ahead and keep on the run. Sorry to have kept you, but I appreciate you guys talking Thanks. with us. Stay warm. All right, thanks. So we've seen a lot of people out here, like you said, running, sledding, just enjoying it. One thing, oops. That can happen, unfortunately. Looks like Chelsea's okay. You okay? Yes, okay. We, it is slippery out here. There's no question. I'll see you tomorrow. Your holster 
is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four caftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 